the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Thursday. We're almost a Friday, but we got to we got to get through the day today to make that possible. A lot of a lot of rain last night. I understand, although I slept through it. I I'm one of those kind of people. I go to sleep, and uh, that's serious business. And I get I get really serious about it. And I do remember hearing a little bit of thunder, but that was about it. And I I woke up enough to remind my wife that the dog would be wanting to get in bed last night so uh, and I woke up this morning sure enough Dexter was sleeping stretched out right between Linda and I and he had plenty of room so he was a happy camper but uh, evidently we had torrential downpours last night here in Cabot and uh, I uh, I didn't hear any of that rain and Linda was saying, you didn't hear it rain at all? And I said, no. She says, man, you were really sleeping. I said, yeah, you know, when you lay your head down on the pillow and you get in bed, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go on and go to sleep. That's just the way it works. And uh, I did. I did, I did. I did my due calling. I learned how to do that. As I always tell everybody, I learned how to do that when I was in the military. That's uh, one of the great things I did learn out of the military, of all the things that I learned. Okay, looking at the uh, temperature around the area right now, uh, Conway's at 60, Cabot at 59, Pine Bluff at 59, Hot Springs is at 58, and Little Rock's at uh, 57, and everybody is under partly cloudy skies. There are some scattered showers and uh, maybe even a thunderstorm that's still kind of lingering around in the area because the low has moved through, but, you know, lows are counterclockwise. So there's a little bit of stuff up in Missouri that still could around and, and touch us here in central Arkansas. It was a rough night in Texas and in Oklahoma. Uh, they had some twisters down in Polk, Texas. Uh, evidently flattened a good part of the area down there. And uh, as as of now, I've read that there have been three deaths uh, with uh, perhaps some more to be uh, determined. And in Oklahoma, in, in southern Oklahoma last night, they took a pretty good beating as well. So, you know, when you say your prayers today, mention both of those areas in your prayers and the people who live there. All right. We've got two 
special guest today. J.R. Davis is here from the Gilmore Group. He's normally with us on Thursdays. He is here today as well. And then Seth is with us. Uh, we have him on, uh, of course, Seth May. He is the, communica- is the communications director. Is that correct? Is that the correct terminology for you now, Seth? Political director, but quite a bit of communications. I, you can call me whatever you want to call me. All right, the political director. So let me let me get that clear. Uh, he is moving here to uh, to Little Rock. I guess did did I assume from what I read that you sent me yesterday that you're going to move this weekend back to the area? This weekend, early next week is what we're looking at. Correct. Okay. All right. You got a place to live. I have. I've narrowed it down to a place downtown that's safe enough but close to work, so I think it's all going to work out. Okay, well, I'm I just making sure you got, you weren't going to move into the Nehemiah house or something. <laughs> no, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. Okay. Well, I was going to tell you, I, I talked to Dorcas just the other day, and she told me they're full and they're not taking any new clients, so you might want to rethink that strategy as, if that was what you were going to do. Uh <laughs> Now I'm gonna I'm gonna guarantee everybody that Jr. is here, but he's, I don't know if he's fully awake yet. Are you awake there, Mr. Davis? Uh, I'm just taking in the conversation. Listen to that. Listen to that. Yeah, he's slow. He was counsel of two very very smart men. So you were you were bi- you were binging last night. You said, huh? Ah, uh, yeah. You know that's what happens. COVID and Netflix. There you go. It, it kind of go hand in hand. It's always something. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, I started watching some television last night, but I try my darndest to be in bed by no later than nine o'clock, and uh, it was getting to be close to nine. And I was trying to catch the last episode of the uh, mini series. Uh, uh, that that movie about uh, taking over America, Lindbergh being president and uh, anti-Semitism going crazy. And uh, I watched a little bit of it and decided I I wasn't going to stay up for the entire, you know, 55 <laughs> minutes of it. And I'll I'll yeah. watch it today. Uh, I did I did good yesterday. I, t- I took about an hour nap from uh, uh, 10 to 11. And I got to I got to make sure that I get on the road. Uh, with my chauffeur, who's my wife, at about 11.20 so I can get in the hyperbarics chamber. By the way, if you're a friend of my uh, my page, my Facebook page, uh, there will be a picture today of me lying in the hyperbaric chamber. A lot of people have asked me, wow, what is that like, Dave? What I mean, what, you know, what does it look like? Well, I got a picture of it this time, uh, of me lying in there, and, and uh, David uh, Barrett, who runs that department took a picture and we're posting it today so everybody can see what it's like yeah it's it's two hours of just laying right in there and i wish i could say i could go in and just fall asleep but i can't it's just too noisy to fall asleep in so i end up watching uh, depending on what's on fox I'll watch, uh, you know, HGTV if the Property Brothers are on, because I like that show. And, uh, you know, sat there yesterday, watched Property Brothers, and two hours, man, just lay there, and and they they take the air pressure down to, like, if you were, like, 50 feet below water. 
And supposedly what this does is it infuses your body, and they fill, fill the, uh, the tube up with a, a high concentration of oxygen, and supposedly uh, it infuses your body with more oxygen than you normally would have, which causes your body to produce uh, more blood vessels and uh, things of that nature. So it supposedly worked. Uh, I went through 30 treatments earlier in the year, and it helped, and now going through them again for another 30. So when it's all said and, and done, I should have a diving license, I would think, guys. Uh, I will have I will have been under uh, 50 feet of water for, uh, you know, 60 days for 120 hours. So I would think that's good enough to wow. to, to be considered a diver. But, uh, yeah, that's so. that's what they what they've been doing. And uh, I had good news. You guys probably hadn't heard this yet. But, uh, uh, you know, J.R., you're aware of this. I've, I've been battling this infection in my foot for mm-hmm. months now. And I came in Tuesday Dr. Uh, uh, Dreyfus found me and uh, told me, uh, said to me that uh, the last test that they did was uh, infection-free. So I finally look like I oh, beat great, it. Man. So that's, uh, that's, that's great, good. Man. Yeah, they're, they, they did something. It's really weird. They've done all kinds of stuff. I mean, they've had me on a pick line, which runs a tube right by your heart and drops the uh, the antibiotics right there so you get a real good shot all over your body of it and all that i did nine weeks of that and uh, this stuff that is working right now is acetic acid and that's the stuff that they they make uh, they take cucumbers and make pickles out of them so uh pickle juice that's what i call it and that's uh, <laughs> that 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 uh, pseudomonas is the infection I've had, and they they said that this kills pseudomonas on contact. So I don't have it anymore. So I'm hoping that we can get this thing finally healed up and fixed. And uh, I talked to Doyle uh, late last week, uh, well Friday of last week, Seth, and he says that uh, the Republican convention is planned on. They're ready to go, and everything is. Uh, is is working uh, very very uh, you know well right now for the Republican Party. Bring us up on that, can you a little bit? What's Doyle told you? Sure, right. And as you know, the Republican Committee National Committee will be in Charlotte this year, um, and it's planned for the last week in August. And so the Democrats who were earlier in the summer uh, got into a little bit of a pickle and moved theirs back now, and they're also going to be in August the week before. Our convention, so I, I think we've been feeling pretty comfortable uh, about our our time frame, and I don't know that we will necessarily ever have a complete return to normal. Uh, but there there is a plan for the convention to look as normal as it can look in the given circumstances. So all of the delegates who will be elected across the country uh, will be there in attendance to reelect the president. I'm sure there will be a, a number of socially distance-minded measures uh, that will be put into effect to make sure that everybody uh, feels safe there. Obviously, there will be enhanced security, as there always is for an event of this size, particularly with the But there will be some additional personal security sanitation measures, I'm sure, in effect, that will be different for folks that have gone in the past. But everything looks to be uh, full steam ahead at this point. 
Yeah, I wonder if they do like uh, they do on cruises. If you been on, you guys been on a cruise since they had so much problem with the no vir- the, was it the, the, <laughs> the, the virus that causes you know stomach problems? I mean, every time you're leaving something, whether it's eating, uh, whether it's you know one of the shows at night or whatever, they're always telling you washy washy. That's that's the terminology. Mm-hmm. And as you walk out, you hold your hands out, and they put hand sanitizer in there, and you run, do that with your hands to kind of try to mitigate that getting started. Because when you're on, you know, I didn't know this, but on a, um, a cruise liner, and this is something they're going to have to rethink now, uh, the uh, uh, air conditioning and the heating uh, is just, they just pull the air out of inside the cruise ship and and reuse it over and over and over and over so if you get a virus mm-hmm. in the air they have no they have no clean yep. air coming in that they can uh, replace some of their air with and that uh, is nothing more than making you live inside a petri dish as far as I'm concerned so yeah. I would expect that they're going to have to do casinos. something yeah casinos are the same way yeah they uh, they pump in uh, fresh oxygen into their system, a higher level of oxygen, so you don't get tired as easily, so that JR, mm-hmm. they can fleece you for you know a few more thousand dollars. That's always the problem. Now I have an excuse. <laughs> the extra a- oxygen. That's, that's why I lose all the money. Yeah, they do yeah. that, man. I mean, they really do. And I, I understand that over the crap table, they even up it a little bit more. No, I don't know that's for true. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it seems that, that that's that's where all the excitement goes down all the time. You know, the one that I, Bacharach, is the one you go by, and it's like everybody's asleep in their seat hoping to win, wake me up if I if I win some money or whatever. <laughs> you know, that you know, it's so weird about that. They always showed that in the James Bond movies. Do you remember that? Sean Connery yeah, would be playing yep. Bacharach, and it's like, what? The, what? He's a secret agent. Get out and play something that's got something going on. Then he started playing poker, so that was a little bit better. That's yeah. that's a little bit. Better. But Bacharach. Now, I guess they thought that was one of those those games that the average person didn't hear about. So you would think it was like uh, you know a really you know. Uh, one of those uh, hoity-toity games, you know, that the really super rich played. And really it's... Must be fancy. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's what they tried to do. All right, guys, let's get a break. When we come back, did either of you watch uh, the president's uh, time with the media yesterday dealing with the uh, uh, the, go- the COVID-19, uh, his, his daily... Yeah. Did you watch it yesterday, Seth? Yep, yep. Was it? I was proud of how the president handled himself during that, weren't you? Yeah, I, I think this has been very revealing about the media's relationship with the president and, and their intention going into these sort of. Yeah, things. it was incredible. Did you happen to get to to check it out, uh, Jr.? Go back and watch yeah, I, any of it? I saw a little bit of it. Yeah, I didn't see it in comedy, but yeah, uh, to, to echo Seth, it was. Uh... <laughs> Uh, it was both fascinating and intriguing to watch. It was incredible. It was incredible. I mean, they were going after the guy from the CDC, and I'm going to be the first to say I think 
the guy needs to have a, a, a personal assistant by his side all the time so he doesn't get himself in trouble because he says things and he doesn't say them clearly, which lets uh, the press run wild. And the Washington Post did on this guy. I mean, they went wild on something he said that he didn't even say. They said he said something that he did not say. And we'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Thursday morning. It's uh, 57 degrees in Little Rock, about the same everywhere else around the the uh, area, partly cloudy skies. We're looking for a high of 72 today under uh, a possible shower early and then slowly clearing for your Thursday. More here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. J.R. Davis is here from the uh, uh, Gilmore Group. Uh, Seth is here. He's the political director. Seth Mays from the uh, Republican Party of Arkansas. They're joining me today in this first hour, talking uh, politics during the first hour. And we're zeroing in right now on yesterday's press conference about uh, COVID-19. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, the very beginning of that press conference, I'm trying to think maybe the first... 45 minutes to an hour. The president of the United States did a good job because what happened is that the media had interviewed this, uh, one, uh, one of the members of the media from the Washington Post, had interviewed the head of the CDC. The uh, head of the CDC had, uh, and I'm paraphrasing now, I don't have the exact quote in front of you, uh, front of me, said, when we get to the fall, things could be tougher than they are now because flu season will have started as well. And you'll have a confluence of uh, the flu starting and uh, perhaps COVID-19. And this guy took that and uh, extrapolated off of it and was talking about multiple deaths and and all kinds of stuff and the president went after him would you agree seth is that is that a nice way of putting it he went after them yeah i would agree and like the cdc director play it would be worse didn't use that word at all just said as you pointed out it could be a more situation with two viruses going on at the same time but it all comes down to a pretty simple point which is if you don't get the answer you're looking for try and get a reaction because that is second best if you don't get the answer that you were looking for to fit the narrative you wanted to push at least get a reaction because then you'll be on the nightly news yeah and that's exactly what they tried to do jr if you watch that after the yeah. guy from the Washington Post got into it, and, and we got 20 seconds here, so I'm, I'm going to hold you until we, when we come back, because this is really something that's got to be talked about, is this antagonistic uh, uh, way that the press goes after the president, because the other uh, actors in there, other members in the media, went after him too. We'll talk about it after the news. All right, 25 minutes till 7. I just uh, turned on uh, my television uh, to see what's going on with the stock market. I turned uh, Maria on on Fox uh, Business. And uh, the uh, stock market down about 41 points right now uh, because uh, it looks like the new 
uh, unemployment numbers are coming out. And uh, from what I could tell, it's uh, saying about an additional 5 million people have got in for unemployment. I don't think that that is any kind of surprising news for anybody. Uh, but it, and, and it's far down from what it was three weeks ago when we had over 10 million people put in for unemployment. But still, I guess a, a shock to some people, not to me. Uh, yesterday had a pretty good run on, on, on Wall Street. We were up almost 2% yesterday because oil prices uh, rebounded some. And that uh, that's a good thing. I know that everybody says, wow, $16 a barrel, gasoline's going to be like 25 cents a gallon or whatever. Folks, you better hope we don't get to that point, because if we do, what it means is that we're in a depression. And that's why oil prices are, are that low that forces gasoline prices to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. We do not want uh, that to happen. I know it's, it's happy, a little relief on your, on your pocketbook, but in, in reality, uh, let's, let's be honest here, uh, it's not like uh, you're going on vacation anytime soon. Uh, you can't go out to eat tomorrow night and burn gas to get there and back again and things of that nature. So until the economy starts working again, uh, oil prices will be suppressed. Gas uh, prices are going to be uh, suppressed. And it's going to end up costing thousands of jobs in Texas, Oklahoma, North Dakota, and places where they're uh, fracking uh, across this land. So, uh, But let me get back to what we were talking about in the first half hour, which was the press conference yesterday. And uh, our guest today, J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group, Seth Mays is with us, the political director of the uh, Arkansas Republican Party. Uh, it's good to have both of them on today. And if if you didn't get to see that, I'm going to highly recommend you go watch the first just 30 minutes of it on YouTube and watch a repeat just to get a feeling of how this press corps is uh, is acting. And it's it's really it's sad. It's despicable uh, that they're treat- they try to treat the president of the United States the way that they treat him. I understand he's just another American. But with that said, understand he's the man that this country put into office. And though maybe you don't like him, he is still the president of the United States and he should be afforded your respect when you're wanting to ask questions. I mean, I was watching. Who was I watching last night? It's, uh, oh, he's on in, in the evening on the business channel. And and he was going crazy because he was talking about back in the just, uh, you know, eight years ago uh, when you went to the presidential press conference and a briefing like that and were asking questions of the president, you always stood when you asked your question, now they're like hanging out on their seats and, and all kinds of stuff like, yeah, well, well come on. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a, it's, it is a total disrespect for uh, the president, for this particular president. And, and, you know, 
uh, I mentioned to kind of get Seth's take here, but you know, and all, I look at this, especially yesterday's uh, press conference, and it almost seems like the press corps feels like they're at a hostage negotiation, like that they feel like these doctors are being held against their will. Yeah. Uh, and that Trump is, you know, uh, the puppeteer in all of this. And they're like, no, it's it's OK. You can tell us if he hits you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and they're like, no, he's not. We promise. And it's just there's no. It's just, it is just the the relationship between the National Press Corps and this administration has just absolutely dissolved into a situation where, you know, truly most Americans don't. And again, I mean, this is just me speaking, but I just feel like most Americans really just don't trust the media uh, like they used to. You know, even though they still trust them, there's, there's got to be taking a hit. And the problem is, is because there's such this vitriolic response to nearly everything the president says and does and sometimes they feel it's warranted and i think it becomes a habit and they do it uh, no matter what the situation is uh but yeah it's yesterday you could tell the president was laser focused uh he had a very different kind of look on his face uh, as they started that uh dave you mentioned uh, he did serious and he was and it was just it was just a very interesting and and different sort of uh press briefing yesterday uh just interesting to watch. Yeah, it really was. And Seth, you were watching this as well, and uh, it was it was weird because you know as that's what I did before I I went into talk radio. I, I wasn't covering D.C., but I was covering mayors and and governors in Texas and in Indiana and up in North Dakota and over in Texas. And uh, it that that's got it's got the same feel to it. And the bottom line is, you're not the story, all right. The right. story is the story, yeah. and and yep. and they're making themselves the story. You're exactly right. Yeah, Dave, and that reminds me of an exchange. I think it was last week. Paula Reed of CBS. Oh, she's had, a nitwit. asked Doctor Fauci a question up at the podium. Are you here against your will? Yeah, <laughs> and you can tell the, just the look of bewilderment on his face. Put the the question aside, which just seems at this time one of the more ridiculous questions to ask. That shows you the mentality of the press corps, or that these people don't want to be here, but the president has dragged them out. You know, that's that's the answer she was was looking for, which of course is just ridiculous. But I I love Jr.'s analogy there. Uh, they, again, they think these people are held against their will. They're, they don't want to give us the truth. They don't actually think Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci, that the president has uh, taken the appropriate steps. But as Dr. Fauci laid out last week, every time they had, had taken a recommendation to the president, they've got it. There's nothing they've asked for that he hasn't been accommodating with yes. up to this point. Yeah. No, it's, it's, so fat. Go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Dave. No, no, no. You Martin, go right ahead. Fauci is... It's so strange to me the the approach that the press uh, is taking towards these these doctors, these health experts. Because on the one hand, it's oh, it's Dr. Fauci. He's world renowned. He's worked under six presidents, both parties. We trust whatever Dr. Fauci says. But on the other hand, it's 
Well, I don't know. Dr. Fauci seems to be under duress, and, and, and President Trump's telling him to say all these things that he doesn't really believe. Like, you, you can't have it both ways. You, either, you, you, you know what I mean? You trust what, what this, you know, uh, uh, incredible health expert, world-renowned doctor uh, is telling you, or you don't. You know, you, you can't blame some stuff on the president and, and go back and forth like that. It just, I think the serious nature of this, Dave, is is once this president is gone. And, and I think in the moment right now, uh, there is such a hatred towards this administration that they're never looking for the facts. They're looking for an opportunity to sort of jab the president or make a name for themselves. And there's no clearer example, example of that than Jim Acosta, who has done that time and time again. And then he turns around and writes a book so if there's, if that, mm-hmm. that's what just it's like that's the sort of personality of the of the press corps now, and I do think after this administration is gone, you know what happens to they, you know, you, you lose yourself now, you lose yourself forever. It's going to be very very difficult for them to earn the trust of the American people back because it's essentially from this point forward, you know, you basically have to be appointed by the press corps. Uh, you know, as, as far as a you know, uh, president goes, you know, do they like you? Or they not? Do they approve of you? Or do they not? Yeah, because if they don't, you know, they call themselves the fourth estate, and because yeah. of that, they they think that they're there to make or break a president. They really, really, it's very obvious yeah. now uh, that they believe that. And uh, I like what you just said, uh, Jr. They're not looking. They're not looking for the facts. And, you know, another way to say that is they're not looking for the truth. They're looking yep. for their own narrative. Yep, that's exactly right. And, and it's just become worse and worse and worse, especially throughout this COVID-19 crisis. I mean, there's always been that, uh, that angst with the uh, press corps there at the White House uh, over the uh, president's tenure. But, I mean, certainly as of late, they just do not trust anything he says. And, again, it's okay. As a journalist, I am fine with you asking the tough questions. I am fine with you pressing an issue. That's your job. That's what you should do. It's everything else in between. It's the lack of respect for the position. Uh, It's the, uh, you know, inserting yourself into the conversation. Uh, it's, It's the... You know, I have this way of thinking. This is the story. No matter what you tell me, this is absolutely what's happening, and I'm not going to take anything else into consideration. It's just that those are the issues that I think are really, truly hurting. Uh, you know, the the reputation of the press, not just nationally but locally. And look, I trust her. I like our local press. I think our local press does an incredible job. But there is that stigma. No matter. I, mean, I remember working in TV days where I worked for a local Fox affiliate, and people would ask me if I've had dinner with Bill O'Reilly. Well, this is in Fort Smith, <laughs> Arkansas. Every, it's really hard for people to, to differentiate yeah, differentiate between national and local, and that's what's the, probably the biggest shame is that that does have a trickle-down effect uh, to our local press. Well, let's ask, I can ask you this, and I can ask uh, Seth Mays this, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Both of you have to deal with the press. Do you ever get the feeling like they've got their own narrative that they're following and you give them answers and they're not listening? They're not 
they're not you know following what you're trying to say and uh, what i think jr we have seen is that uh, the press thinks that all of these people that are serving on these uh, boards and stuff for and commissions for the president all have you know the uh, stockholm syndrome you know they identify with their captor or something it's just bizarre to listen to the media talk all right we got to get our final break in let's do that right now 13 minutes till seven on the dave ellswick show we're talking about the press right now and uh, we'll get further into that when we get back you got two people that have to deal with the press uh, and have dealt with the press on a consistent basis uh, through a co- good portion of their careers. Uh, J.R. Davis, who used to be the governor's uh, basic main press agent, uh, is uh, on with us today. He's now with the Gilmore Group. And then you got uh, Seth May. He's the political director, but he's got to deal with the press, too. And we're going to hear what they think about dealing with the press and how difficult that can be, I'm sure. Uh, today, uh, the, the weather is going to clear out, and we're going to have a high of 72. Tomorrow, a shower in the morning, then that will clear out, and we'll have a nice day with a high of 76. More coming your way in a moment here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right. Now, the next question I'm going to ask, you have to realize both of these guys well, not so much Jr. anymore because he works with a consultancy. But you, you, you're over in in uh, Seth's area. He's a political director, and he he doesn't want to make any enemies in the press. But with, with that all said, I'm not asking you to name names or anything like that. I'm basically asking t- to explain to the public that's listening in right now that when you hold a position within a political party. Uh, or in a political office like you did, Jr., with the governor, that it can you can dealing with the press is is not as easy as people might think it is. is am I correct? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And as, as Jr. had had mentioned, you know, sometimes you can the, the reporter isn't getting the answer. Uh, that they were looking for, and so they uh-huh. keep on. And when I work with the RNC, I know that our regional team was in touch with hundreds, if not thousands, of reporters all across the country. And sometimes you'd get email back from personal email accounts uh, to our folks at the RNC on a particular story or pitch. You know, why are you sending out this garbage? This is all this is all fake. You're trying to scam people. And and so sometimes it even goes from the just adversarial press score to outright this isn't what we're looking for and and we do have an agenda and we're going to put it put it forward to you and let you know that's the case yeah yeah seth uh, when you get katie for my show make sure that she tells me the truth okay you know that that's what i'm saying that's the kind of thought process of some people yep yep it's crazy and i know that that's that's happened to you jr the governor says something, and people said, did he really mean that, or does he mean something else? Did you ever get asked that question? Yeah, and I think that, you know, sometimes, look, we I'll start out by saying I think we have a really great press corps uh, in Arkansas, and I think we're lucky to have sort of the number of, of uh, media outlets in Little Rock. Um, there's a lot of states that, you know, continue to lose uh, that important voice. But sure, absolutely. Uh, there are times where I think 
you know, Dave, you know, this is, it feels like sometimes the nuance is taken out of, of some of these reports. And I'm not saying that's their job, but I'm just saying when, when, the, when the governor stands behind a podium, especially in a situation like uh, what we're going through right now, and he says something, you know, it's not always black and white, and you need to be able to explain exactly what he said and what it means. Um, and what I ran into the most were kind of two different factions. One was broadcast media. Uh, the the other is is the print side, and on the print side, and really as a whole, you know, different media outlets are writing for a different reason, broadcasting for a different reason. You know, what is that? Some some media outlets are writing for more nationally uh, driven news. You know, taking something that's happening in D.C. and trying to localize it here. You've got others that are specifically driven by. You know, maybe a specific uh, industry, uh, whether it's healthcare, uh, and so you know that's their angle. And then you get the broadcast side too, that you know, they don't have as much time to report on something, so you got to get your your message out in about a minute and twenty seconds. And the problem with that though is you know, you've got all these different reporters with sort of different brands, if you will, um, that are looking to kind of make their mark on certain things, and and so it just it does become a bit of an issue. Uh, but I think it's it, it has been easier here in Arkansas than I would say, you know, with Seth nationally, just because uh, I think there's just such a, uh, like, again, just so much vitriol towards this administration that it's really difficult to have just a conversation anymore. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that. And I, I've seen that up close and personal from, you know, kind of both sides. Uh, I, I worked... Uh, in uh, civilian media, I've I've been a talk show host, which is not being a journalist. I want everybody to understand that. Uh, as a talk show uh, person, uh, my show is about my opinion, and I share it, and I share it regularly, and I share it openly. Uh, when you're a reporter, your job is not to share your opinion. Your job is to mm-hmm. listen to the story and ask questions. Uh, about the story and get as many of the facts as you possibly can. And then I worked like what you did, Jr. I was on the P- the public affairs side uh, when I was at Kelly Air Force Base. I worked with uh, uh, the Air Force Information News Center, and my job was, for instance, when the shuttle came in and they landed it at Kelly, which happened several times, the media descended on us like locusts. Uh, they wanted to talk to people about the shuttle and stuff. And I'll never forget Sam Donaldson, who I had to deal with. And he was the most arrogant SOB I've ever had to deal with. And, and, and his story was very negative on the air. And the reason was, and I knew what it was, is that he wanted to go inside of the shuttle. Well, we couldn't let him inside the shuttle. It's all top secret stuff inside the shuttle. And uh, he just would not understand it. It wasn't that he couldn't. Uh, he just wouldn't. And uh, he took that out on us in two nights of reporting, and it was brutal. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember him yelling at me with those demon eyebrows of his, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, because that's the way Donaldson was. Everybody remembers how he used to yell at President Reagan, you know, always wanting that last question, you know. He's always ask, yelling at the question, the question out. But, yeah, it, it, it's a tough position both of you guys have either been in or you're in right now or you're going to be back into it again in the future. So, uh, yeah, I I don't um, 
I, I don't uh, behoove you guys that job. Seth, I appreciate you joining us today. We'll uh, have you on again uh, more in the in the uh, in the future, so that we can get uh, and know everything that's going on in the uh, Arkansas Republican Party and Jr. Uh, hopefully, things will get back to normal, and we can get back to talking about normal uh, politics as we used to do uh, again when this whole COVID nineteen thing finally mitigates itself out and is just going to be a, a story buried in the center of the front page or in the middle of the uh, local page, which would be the best place for it to finally get to. Yep. You guys have a good day, all right? I appreciate you getting up early in the morning. It's not easy to do, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Dave. All right. <laughs> We'll talk to you later, Jr. All right, when we come back, David Lucas is going to be on. He, the man who has all the answers about how and when you should take Social Security, he's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. 8 o'clock hour, Dr. Yamauchi, latest on uh, uh, COVID-19, and he'll have all that information for us in the 8 o'clock hour. Six minutes after seven on a Thursday, and uh, let's talk some real seriousness now. This is stuff that's going to uh, have a direct impact on you, a direct input uh, impact on you. I'm going to talk with David Lucas here in a moment about taxes, and I, I want there's some other stuff I want to talk about first. But when we get to the taxes part, uh, if you're f- you know, moving close uh, to that time when you're going to retire, I'm going to say within the next uh, 10 years, uh, you need to listen closely because taxes right now are so low, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's really, really low. But unless you've been like an ostrich and had your head in the sand, uh, you know that the federal government has been spending a ton of money. They are spending a ton of money. I heard yesterday, if you take in the direct cash that's been let out versus the amount of cash that uh, is going to be affected by the policies, that these stimulus packages really add up to close to $8 trillion. That's $8 trillion. Well, you got to make that money up somewhere, so we'll talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes here uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. There's a study in Market Watch, uh, David, that says that 50% of all Americans said they retired unexpectedly, that the pandemic has caused tens of millions of Americans to lose their jobs. We're going to hear about that again today as the numbers come out of how many uh, new people are reporting that they are unemployed right now, which means even more Americans will be forced to retire sooner than they planned. 
And uh, David Lucas is here to talk about this. He's a 17-year veteran of the financial services industry. He's hosted the David Lucas Show that's heard right here at 101.1 FM and has been for many years. Uh, He's been a member of my power panel before. Uh, and then yep. he wanted to get paid. You know, the problem with David, he likes to get paid for when he's doing something. And, and I couldn't pay him enough. And I'm going to tell you, he's he's well worth whatever he had, had asked for. David, mm-hmm. many Americans could be forced to retire as a result of this pandemic. And uh, there, there's a lot of people that are finding that out. They're saying that from last week, the new numbers coming out today are going to be somewhere between 4.6 million and 5.4 million new unemployed people here in uh, the United States. Uh, you know, if I got a call tomorrow and Salem said, Dave, things are so bad, we just can't keep it going uh, and we're going to have to let you go. Uh, I would be one of those people that would be retiring before I want to. Yeah, yeah Dave, th- thanks for having me on the, this morning. And as you said, half of Americans don't retire on their own terms, as that study alludes to. But but I want to point out to your listeners, this study was done when unemployment was at 3.6%. Today, yeah. it, it's... Dave, it's 16% or more, and even before these unemployment numbers that you just talked about came out that are coming out today with over additional four-plus million people, we had already lost 22 million jobs in the last month. Now, think about this. It took an entire decade to gain a million jobs, or excuse me, 21 million jobs. So we wiped out in one month. 20, or a, a 10 years of job creation. So it's very likely even more people won't be retiring on their own terms and that there will be urgent financial decisions that they're going to need to make. Yeah, and, and talking a little further about that, a lot of, you know, I, I think the president, the, the man we have in the White House right now is the perfect per- person to be there to reignite the economy. But with that said, some things have changed over the, the pandemic and uh, all 22 million or it may mm-hmm. be 26 million people by the end of today that are going to be unemployed. They're all not going to be coming back to work. That's something people are going to have to get their hands around. A lot of people who got got fired are going to stay fired. Yeah, you can't just turn on a switch and lose 22-plus million jobs, now probably closer to 26, 27 million, a little over a month. Uh, many of these businesses aren't going to survive, unfortunately. Well, you're talking about people getting fired. People suddenly find out that they're retired on somebody else's terms, not the, theirs, and they're going to be facing urgent financial decisions. Talk about these uh, urgent financial decisions. What kind of urgent financial decisions are you talking about? That's a great question, Dave. The first priority would be your IRAs, 401ks, pensions, if you're lucky enough to have one, or those other tax-deferred accounts. This is probably one of the biggest assets that is going to help you pay for a retirement. And what I thought we'd do today is share three important things that your listeners should be doing with these accounts right now, especially if they've been furloughed or they may, you know, they may have some uncertainty there. Number one is that you have an opportunity to save a boatload in taxes. If you think about this, this is the, the, the recent drop in the stock market. Many people 
or I didn't realize they could lose money uh, that fast, right? That's I know it right. bounced back a little <laughs> a bit. But the, and then that was what you said, Dave. The taxes coupled with the lowest tax rates in over 40 years is an opportunity of a lifetime uh, to save a fortune in taxes with your IRA, uh, those 401ks or other tax-deferred accounts. Let me just give you a recent example, Dave. Um, we recently helped a couple turn their IRA and 401k into a tax-free retirement vehicle. In other words, lots of Roths and things like that maybe your listeners may or may not have heard of. But so with some proactive tax planning strategies, uh, this is going to help this su- su- couple, for instance, save over $160,000 in taxes. And you think about what could you do with an extra $160,000 in retirement? That could go a long way. So this is just one of many examples I could give, Dave. Uh, but the bottom line, it, number one, is you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. Yeah, because they're in the, dar- in the darkest of clouds. There are some silver linings that you can find and they could help you. So uh, you're talking about saving because of uh, taxes right now. Uh, if you started your 401k several years back, taxes were much higher uh, than they are now. So if you have to take money out of your 401k, for instance, to uh, make it uh, and to span over this time that you don't have a job, uh, the money that you put in your 401k is there for you to use at, with less taxes, where in the future uh, that very well could may not be. There may It may be very, very uh, tough uh, for people uh, at, More, at that time. For sure. For sure, Dave. You pointed out the six to eight trillion in additional stimulus. And if you read what the experts are saying and what they're saying right now, even the Congressional Budget Office and entities like that, they're saying that we're currently at 92 percent of the federal budgets consumed by Medicare, Social Security and interest on the national debt. That's before national defense spending or any of this other stimulus. So uh, economics, I think, is going to come into play here. And I think, again, this is a real opportunity with this drop in the stock market. And, uh, and many of your listeners are sitting on the majority of their savings, these IRAs, 401ks, uh, pension lump sums, maybe they're being offered. They're all waiting to be taxed. So they have a tax tumor buried in those things. You have a partner, you have a lien against these accounts. And if you if you just willy-nilly it and you don't take it seriously and get a game plan together, then that there's a real lost opportunity there. So that's number one. And then number two, Dave, it's time to reassess risk. Like I said, a lot of people didn't realize they could lose that much money. Uh, it, it, it's almost like we've forgotten uh, some of the lessons of the 2008 financial crisis. Many people, so I'd say they're taking on more risk than they know or they need to at this stage of the game. So you got to ask yourself, what's my appetite for risk? So this is an opportunity for people to really think of to rebalance and update their their uh, investments at this time when they could be forced to retire. Yeah, and we'll come back and get number three of those three points you wanted to mention and and then have you go over each of the three one more time at 16 minutes after seven. I would think one of the things that you got to reassess is because taxes are so low right now. You can save money, perhaps, by 
uh, you know, putting money into your your uh, retirement accounts. Though I would say you should put your money into a Roth and not into a traditional 401k where they're not paying taxes now. Go ahead and pay your taxes now. There's going to be the lowest amount that you're going to pay probably ever. Uh, and because by the time this gets all caught up, taxes, I I will uh, tell you, in my crystal ball, I see taxes going up because the federal government's going to need to consume more money to pay the bills. Yeah, you either borrow it today and tax it later. I mean, that's all you're doing. It's you've already decided to tax it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to pay the money back. There's no just money tree in the backyard of <laughs> of, of Congress where they go pull twenty dollar bills off a tree. It doesn't work that way. Now they got to pull off thousand dollar bills. They can't. They couldn't get by on just pulling twenties off. David Lucas is our guest, seventeen year veteran in the. Uh, area of financial health for you. We're going to talk with him more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, This is specifically done today because you're going to be facing some tough decisions here in the future about your retirement tomorrow or 10 years down the line. This is going to affect all of it. We'll hear what David has to say as we continue at 18 after 7. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They're ready to take care of your roof. If your roof needs to be fixed, they want to take off the problems that that puts on your shoulders about, you know, replacing the roof and how much is it going to cost and how, you know, what do you want have to do and do you got to take off the wood on the roof as well and all of that. And they can discuss that with you, determine that, and uh, get the job done and keep your social distancing and everything that you want done to protect your health, they can do all of that. Because you know what? They want to protect your health, but they also want to protect the health of all the people that work for them. So you talk to Joel or Veronica Johnson, the two owners of PI Roofing, and uh, they can you know, talk to you on the phone. They can talk to you on the Internet. And you don't have to go in to talk to them. They don't have to come out to talk to you. You can get it all done uh, without even seeing each other, but can being able to communicate with each other. That's with PI Roofing. 707-3551 is their number. 707-3551. Or uh, test, touch base with them on uh, the Internet at uh, piroofing.com. And by the way, last thing I want to say is uh, make sure you tell them Dave Ellswick told you to call. It's about 24 minutes after 7 on a Thursday. Dave, David Lucas from David Lucas Financial is with him. I wanted to have him on because uh, during times like this where you have such an economic upheaval, it's a, a positive time to have David on and, and let him talk to you about good strategies to make sure you're not losing not only your shirt, but your pants and, and everything else that you've got on. And we talked about the first two things that he suggested. First, you have a window of opportunity to save a, a, a buttload or a boatload, as David would say, in taxes and Number two, you have time to reassess 
your risks that you have and determine what you want to do. And then there's a third uh, main point that, David, you wanted to make, and what is that? Yeah, Dave, thanks again for having me on. Uh, that is shift your the focus of your investments to generating income. And you think about it, you've been focused on growing your IRA, your 401k accounts, but, but now uh, you should shift the focus of having these accounts starting to generate income. So imagine if your IRA, 401k were generating income every month like clockwork to pay for your expenses. It's important to people to realize successful retirements aren't built on how much money you've saved necessarily, but they're built on your ability to generate income in, in retirement. So that's number three. If you're close to retirement, you want to shift to focus on generating income. All right. Now, I mentioned Roth IRAs. I mentioned 401ks a moment ago. Can you share with my listeners, uh, while we got the time, we've got about four minutes here, how uh, how the differences between a Roth and a yeah, traditional yeah. Uh, 401k? Certainly, we can keep it real simple. Just think paying taxes on the seed versus the harvest. So if you pay, if you establish a Roth, and after five years, if you've had that established, then all the growth in that account is entirely tax-free, and it doesn't even cause your Social Security to be taxed any withdrawals from your Roth IRA. So you do, you have to eat your spinach. You've got to pay the tax today. But remember, these tax postponement plans or these IRAs and 401ks do two things, Dave. They postpone the tax and they postpone the tax calculation. And let that run by your listeners, their brain real, real, real slow. You postpone the tax and you postpone the tax calculation. So you can't get around paying the tax. The question is, do, do you pay the tax today or do you pay it later? And what we've seen, we've actually developed software. We have a developer on staff here. We The software that we have, we run all these scenarios and we can see consistently, like the example I gave you earlier, where people could say, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars by with just some proactive tax planning. So that's your, your Roth is you pay the tax today with, with the promise that you know, the government's not going to tax you ever again on that money. And then with an IRA, you just postpone the tax, but you can't get around paying it. So the question is, do you pay it? Is it better to pay it today or later? And what we're saying when we put pen to paper is that for most people, if you're they're five years away from retirement or at or near retirement, proactive tax planning can make all the difference. Again, what could an extra $160,000 do for somebody that's forced to uh, retire unexpectedly? So hopefully that's clear, the difference. And in, in your listeners, too, if they don't know if they're, you know, their employer, they need to ask, do they have a Roth option available? Many people don't know that they do have a Roth option available through their employer. Uh, and they just need to ask. And so that's important to uh, to explore their options. Of course, they can contribute to their own uh, Roth, depending on their income levels and things like that. So very important that people start considering where they're saving uh, pre-tax uh, or tax-free or after-tax. You know, is all that money sitting in the bank earning nothing? It's tax. Think about this, Dave, and your listeners. If you have $10,000 in your savings account uh, or checking account, and when you earn $2,000 in interest on that $10,000 this year, that's a joke, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, when you earn, you know, joke. the 20 bucks, if you're lucky, if you're lucky to earn the 20 bucks, we can thank the Federal Reserve for this. But anyways, that's another show for another day. Twenty. Uh, if you earn 20 bucks, you get a little love letter from the financial institution, that bank. 
called the 1099. I'm sure you know what that, that is. So yeah. guess what? The IRS wants you to pay ordinary income taxes this year on that $20, and then the next year, and the next year, and the next year. So there's we really need to be thinking about how we're uh, – Remember this, how we're saving as far as taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you get to keep. You can look at that 401k balance and see you have a half a million or a million dollars, but you have to remember that's that's not all yours. You've got a partner in this that has a lien against that account. So you've got to be proactive in your tax planning. There's a big difference between tax planning and tax preparation. Tax Preparation is what you, which we do, by the way, we have a tax a CPA firm here. We do taxes in our office, but that's not tax. Uh, that's not proactive tax planning. Just doing your taxes is t- typically most people are just recording history, Dave. But a, a forward-looking proactive tax plan is what's going to uh, save right, those hundreds David, of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes. It's time for rush. All right, uh, story just breaking. In fact, uh, I it just says just now, and that means that it just happened within the last minute. Uh, the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic, the impact has been ripping through the U.S. economy, and the market participants got fresh data today from the U.S. Labor Department reflecting the continued damage being done to the U.S. labor market. For the week ending April 18th, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to say this, it's not as bad as what I thought it was going to be. I thought we'd be in the 5.3, 5.4 million. Uh, 4.4 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits. Uh, economists were expecting 4.5 million uh, initial jobless claims to be filed for the week. The uh, prior week's figure was revised lower uh, to 5.2 million from uh, a, a high 5.2. They, it was 5.245 uh, the week before, and it was really figured out to be 5.237. Over the past five weeks, and David, you uh, mentioned this, more than 26 million Americans now have filed mm-hmm. unemployment insurance claims. And I will be the first person to say that probably at least a third of those people uh, were planning on retiring probably within the next five years, but not like today. Yeah, Dave, I mean, it's what we've been talking about in the, the first segment, people are just tuning in. You alluded to that study it says that 50% of Americans are forced to retire unexpectedly. And that's, and that study was done again when unemployment was at 3.6%. So a lot more people are going to be forced to, to retire unexpectedly. And those three things we talked about earlier, it's just critical that people become aware and, and are proactive uh, if they're forced to retire unexpectedly. And I just saw the same headline come through. I'm looking at CNBC here across the red on top of the website it's breaking the u.s economy has now erased all job gains since the great recession that's a sobering wow. headline since, that's since uh, 2008 it did in about a month yeah T- 10, 10 years and it took a month a little over a month uh, to uh wipe out of those jobs so it's it's unfortunate to see what's happening but we still we can't stick our head in the sand we've got we this is even more time to be vigilant 
uh, if you're near retirement, especially if you're younger, you know, you've got more time on your side. And that, you know, that's there's there's a lot to be said there of what you just said. If you're in your 30s right now, uh, though this looks bad, this is you've got plenty of time to recover uh, from uh, what has happened. If you're 35 and you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to retire until I'm 70, uh, that's different that you say, I'm like myself, I'm 65, I'm going to retire when I'm 70. Uh, The difference is 30-plus years, and that is a long time in in financial uh, markets. It, it is, Dave. And and if you think about it, you were talking about, with, let's say you're within five years of retiring. This is an interesting fact for your listeners. So the March uh, 2020 stock market decline was the fastest on record in the entire history of the stock market. Think about that. It took just 16 days to go from an all-time high to a bear market, worse than 19, September or 1929. So, I mean, that shows you the, the breadth of uh, the, what's happened here. And here's the thing. There's something that retirees need to be aware of. It's called sequence of returns risk. There was a CNBC study that was done. They were in conjunction with the, or, uh, United Income. And uh, it, basically what it says is that uh, if retiring in a bear market or when the market is down, you, you can end up with two-thirds less money for the rest of your life. So it's just bad timing. Uh, it, it, and, and it's true when you're young we've heard this term dollar cost averaging. It actually makes sense. You're buying at a lower share price, but if you're near retirement, it it comes back to the three most important words in retirement. Number three of what I was talking about, shifting your focus of your investments to generate income. And the three most important words in retirement, Dave, I'm sure you know, you've probably heard me say, are income, 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 income. income. That's right. (laughs) Have your money still making money. money. It's about your ability to generate income in in retirement. And so a lot of people, these unemployment numbers and and being, if you happen to be near retirement, uh, this is, uh, there's a silver lining in the cloud. There's some real opportunity. One of the things I I know time flies and you're having fun. I want to make sure that your uh, listeners knew we're going to offer, no, we're going to offer, and I'm going to totally underwrite this myself. We normally pay if people, uh, you know, there's a lot of time that goes into uh, putting together an IRA or 401k analysis and uh, the fir- your first 20 callers, we won't charge anything. But with some basic information, uh, and I want to make sure people know we can do- we're set up to do this over the phone, video conference. Uh, if somebody qualifies for the analysis, we literally overnight them a FedEx, and they can FedEx the documents back to us. They can securely upload them, whatever uh, they're comfortable with. But in this free analysis, Dave, we're going to show the te- some of the tax planning strategies that I talked about that could help save tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars with these accounts in retirement. And, and as I said, it can be done over the phone. So here's the, the key. If anyone saved at least $250,000, and they can be one of the first 20 callers to get this free IRA and 401k analysis, Dave. And you've got the number there, Dave, that you give out for us. I yeah, know you let do, me get, let me, yeah, let me pull that yeah. up. Uh, I, yeah, do, so, I do have the number. Here it is. Yeah, it's 501 uh, Thirty-three fifteen five zero one two 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 thirty-three 
15. That's the number to yeah. call if you get, want to get one of these free IRA and 401k analysis. And by the way, let me let me ask a question, David. If you got your money right now in a 401k, would it be would you be saving money if you took your money and moved it from a 401k over to a Roth? In other words, pay taxes now on the money you're moving over to a Roth and not pay taxes when you start taking the money out of the 401k. And Dave, and that's, that's where it all comes. It, it, there's no one size fits all strategy, or, or I'd say each person's situation is different. But that's one of the reasons we developed a, a financial uh, a software that, that does all this. Uh, quite frankly, because I couldn't find anything out there in the industry that did what I wanted. But when we run the numbers, Dave, we consistently see if somebody's near retirement over the next 25, 30 years, a, a tremendous savings, adding to their net worth oftentimes a half a million to a million dollars with the same, if you're figuring a conservative, conservative three or four percent hypothetical return, I'm saying, just to, just as an example, no other variable we're we're seeing a huge difference in taxes saved in the amount of money that uh, someone can bequest or leave to their heirs entirely tax free now with this uh secure act i don't know if your listeners know about the secure act it passed it was the most significant legislation to affect retirees in over a decade it passed uh, in this President Trump signed into law on December 12th of 2019. Uh, and one of the things they now do is they force you, if you have an IRA or 401k, to take it out over 10 years, no matter what. So if you leave a million dollars to your kids and it's in an IRA, guess what? Those kids, ha- they, your kids have to take that out over 10 years, period. Okay. And they have to pay taxes on it, period. So they're going to add that 100000 plus a year in uh to their ordinary income. So uh, you used to could stretch that out over their lifetime. So point being, this is, uh, this is an opportunity of a lifetime when it comes to, into, to bring it back around to, yes, the Roth IRA with the right strategy, and you've got to do it right. You can't just do it all in one year. You have to understand the numbers and execute it properly. But with the right proactive tax plan and utilizing the Roth like you were talking about, it can just make an unbelievable, just a, I don't want to say unbelievable, but uh, when the numbers speak for themselves, uh, it, it can make a huge difference. And remember, it's not what you've made, it's what you get to keep. <laughs> so yeah, it's all about yeah, absolutely. your hard-earned money. So let, let's, we got a few moments here before we go to break. People have to have a realistic view of taxation over the next, I'm just going to use 10 years. Right now, the American government has uh, spent anywhere between, in real monetary value, six to eight trillion dollars uh, because of this pandemic. Now that money's got to be paid back, and the interest uh, will go up uh, as time goes on. We already had seen that beginning to happen uh, uh, here in, in in our country. So it is my feeling, and I'm kind of looking in my own little crystal ball, that to pay that money back on top of the, what, 20, 20, I don't know, I don't know how many trillions of dollars we were in debt of money already borrowed, uh, they're going to have to raise that money somehow, and 
the traditional way that government has done that is through taxation. So that would tell me that the government is going to raise taxes. If that's the case, if your money's in a uh, 401k, you're going to pay exponentially more in taxes. Right now, now look, for instance, I'm 67. I had a real big car thing that I had to get taken care of, so I took some money out of my 401k. They took 25.8% right off the top between the federal government and the uh, uh, state government. Now, if I hadn't been 67, uh, there had been another 10% penalty on that. Penalty, yeah, 59. Yeah, they would have taken out even more. So what you're saving and what you think you're going to have is, as David was mentioning, you have a lien sitting on that 401k. If you're willing to roll the dice and you believe taxes are going to stay low uh, for the next uh, whatever years till you retire, you can roll the dice that way. But if you look at it and you think, no, that's probably not going to happen that's where the Roth comes in, and you pay some taxes now at a lower rate. And I know that sounds crazy that, that you take money out and you're going to pay, let's say, over 25%. That's money you saved. That's money that, uh, you know, you made. And you're going to give it to the government because they say, we've got a share of this too. So there's some real thoughts you've got to put into this. And uh, having David do it, help you do this, just makes all the sense in the world because I ain't no specialist when it comes to doing this. He is. So I'm going to take uh, his word and take his uh, suggestions to try to save as much money as I can. Yeah. I don't know when we have to go to the break, but I was going to say the Congressional Budget Office just in the last few years. And I I read these reports and they they were saying this is their words, not mine. They said the federal budget is frightening and unsustainable. And just to pay for Social Security and Medicare over the next decade, you know, we need about an eight trillion dollar, six to eight trillion dollar tax increase. That's what the Congressional Budget Office, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office is saying, and they're using the word, this is frightening and unsustainable. Of course, politicians just ignore it, and they keep spending. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So bottom line is... So it affects Main Street uh, if you've saved all your money in these IRAs and 401ks. That's why we were offering that analysis. So I want to suggest to you that you've got to make some decisions, and to make those decisions... You got to make them on good, solid assumptions uh, for the future, and to do that, you can do it with David Lucas. Uh, to be one of the first uh, uh, to get this IRA and four hundred one k analysis, call right now five zero one two 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 thirty three fifteen. Final break, and then the final segment with David Lucas, David Lucas Financial, on the Dave Ellswick Show here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. You know, we were just talking, David and I, during the break, and uh, a couple of things he said uh, resonates with me because I've been, I've been kind of preaching them on the air to you, and that is right now a lot of people are scared, and fear for the most part, will freeze you from doing anything. That is the worst attribute of fear there is, and that is the fear 
to to make a, a a choice to do something or to do something different than you have been doing, and that's what we're talking about here right now is doing something, and you can't sit on your hands and not do anything when you see what's going on in our economy right now. So, David, I'd like you to run over those three points one more time while the time that we have so people understand, you know, you can't just sit and be static. It, it is either to move forward or you're moving backwards. I appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, the first priority would be those IRAs, 401Ks, pensions, or other tax-deferred retirement accounts. These are your biggest assets, and most people have saved in those type of accounts. So number one, we talked about the opportunity to save a boatload in taxes, this downturn in the stock market coupled with uh, record low taxes. They've low, Taxes are lower than they've been in 40 years. It is an opportunity to save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I gave an example earlier of a, uh, someone that came through our office and that the strategy that we showed them, for instance, is going to helping them with some proactive tax planning is going to have, help them save over $160,000 in taxes throughout retirement. Remember, it's not what you make, it's what you get to keep. That's so this right. is one of many examples. We could give you many, so you can't let this opportunity pass you by. That's number one. Number two is this is the time to reassess risk. Many people, as I talked about, just learn they could lose a lot more money than they realized. And like, and then now we're having recollections of 2008. So if you, you're at or near retirement, I mentioned that study that shows if you, if you retire in a down market, you can end up with two-thirds less money. So you've got to ask yourself, what's your appetite for risk? Many people are taking on far more risk than they need to or they should at this stage of the game. So it's time to look at updating and rebalancing your portfolio, which brings me right into number three, David, uh, Dave, uh, which is the three most important words I said in retirement are income, income, income. You've been focused on growing your IRA, your 401k. But it, 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 remember, it's not the amount of money you've saved that makes a successful retirement as much as it is it's your ability to generate income. So you want to shift from accumulation to decumulation, which is an entirely different animal. And think of it as you've been cruising at 33,000 feet for all these years, saving and sacrificing, socking money away. But it takes a different skill set to land that, that plane. So the skills that got you out of uh, Egypt, Dave, are not the ones that get you to the promised land. So retirement <laughs> planning is an entirely different animal. Then uh, <laughs> It's not just about accumulating money. It takes a, a specific mindset to shift from accumulation to using and enjoying your money. And let's face it, Dave, that's the whole point of all this. It's time to use and enjoy some of this money, right? You can't take it with you. Ten out of ten of us die. That's so it. It's, uh, it, it. You've got to focus on income if you're near retirement. Like I always tell people, Billy Graham used to say, the one thing you'll never see behind of a, of a hearse is a, is a U-Haul trailer because you can't, yeah. you can't take it with you. You leave all the of that worldly yeah. stuff behind. Yeah. The wages of sin is death, right? All of us have yep. a, 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 a court date, and let's just hope that we're, you know, 
I mean, we, we don't, we, that, we'll save that for the Bible, guys. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, uh, the good news is we can be acquitted. So. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And you can do things that can make it a lot better for you as you move to that final destination uh, yep. than, than uh, others. And I think right now people need to do exactly what you say. They need to call you. Uh, 222-3315, and uh, make an appointment so that you can sit down with them. Uh, and by say sit down, it doesn't mean David's going to ask you to come into the office or do it at your house. Uh, they understand about social distancing, and they'll do it by phone or over the computer. And you'll be able to make the decisions you need to make to protect what you're saving and generate what you need so that you'll have what you need to spend to have a retirement that's going to be nice and not just terrible. You, you didn't do all of this to have a terrible retirement, I'm just telling you. So uh, get yeah, with David and, and give him a call. That, what uh, 222-3315. Want to give that number one more time, 222 3315, and don't forget, uh, the area code, of course, is 501. So you folks in Pine Bluff or up in Searcy, 501-222-3315 to set up this important appointment uh, on the phone or on the Internet with David from and David Lucas And we Lucas can Financial. meet with them in person, you know, if they want. We do have a big room, a big classroom that I usually teach in, so... Some people still want to do that. We're fine as long as they don't have a fever or anything like that. We'll keep our distance. So we can do it however they feel comfortable. Okay. We'll keep that in mind. David, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Great to hear from you again. And thank you for coming on and and sharing these important uh, points that people keep uh, taking into account. Have a good day, bro. You too. Well, good to talk to you, Dave. Thanks for All having right. me on. Bye-bye. Sure thing. David Lucas, David Lucas Financial. I've known David for years, and I'm, and I'm, I'm talking about going on two decades. And uh, he has been at this for a long time, and you can trust his advice he'll make for you. The number again, 501-222-3315. Call now. Set up your appointment to reassess where you're at so that you'll be ready for whatever comes our way from what happens from this pandemic. All right, coming up in the next hour, uh, let's talk with Dr. Terry Yamauchi. He'll join us during the 6 o'clock hour, or 6 o'clock hour, in the uh, 8 o'clock hour uh, for that uh, 60 minutes and talk to us about, uh, you know, to wear a mask, to not wear a mask, all of that. And if you do wear a mask, how to wear it. We'll talk to him about that, washing your hands, all the things that everybody's been telling you this whole time. Well, all of that is really, really important as we break out of this pandemic. Got more to talk about with uh, Terry Yamauchi in just a moment. The doctor will be in. The shingle will be out when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show.
We're going to move back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to uh, have you with us. Been a good first two uh, hours of the show today. We started off with Seth Mays, the political director of the Arkansas GOP, and J.R. Davis, who is always with us on Thursday from the Gilmore Group, had some uh, really great conversation about the press corps and the president and yesterday's uh, COVID-19 uh, briefing, which the president schooled the press pretty good at, and it was uh, enjoyable to watch. Uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, David Lucas was here, and uh, what to do on those 401Ks and Roth uh, IRAs and things of that nature. Uh, a lot of us have watched, uh, because of the stock market going down, have watched uh, the money in those accounts go down. But as David told you, uh, it's not how much money you save, it's how much money you get to spend. And uh, if you've got a 401K out there, know that you've got a lien on that 401k they didn't tax your money when they put it in to the 401k but when you start taking it out they're going to uh, take some taxes out of it and i've done i've done taking some money out because i had to get some work done on my car and it was about 27 percent of whatever i took out the federal government and the state government took as well so that's something to keep in mind when you look at your 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 savings in a Roth a 401k and let's say you've you've saved up uh hundred and fifty thousand dollars of that money well about thirty thousand of that is not yours it's the federal and state governments so you really don't have as much money as you thought you had so you got to make some you got to reassess and make some some judgment calls and uh, those can be kind of scary. You need somebody to help you with them. David Lucas Financial can do that. This final hour, I wanted to talk about the COVID-19 pandemic we're in. And whenever I'm going to talk about it, you know who I bring in as my guests. man I think that has a really good head on his shoulders, level head, doesn't make uh, crazy predictions like we've heard at the very beginning of this pandemic. And... Uh, that's Dr. Terry Yamauchi, who is a specialist in infectious diseases. Uh, Dr. Yamauchi, good to have you with us here early uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yesterday, did you get to see any of that uh, press conference yesterday? Just, just a little bit. I had another thing going on, uh, so no, I didn't see it all. Well, it was a very eye-open for a lot of people. I mean, I knew this was going on all the time, but... This was an eye-opening opportunity for people to see that they had interviewed the head of the CDC, and I forget what that yes. doctor's name is. Yes. And he had told the, the, the interviewer that the fall could be uh, tough yeah. uh, because that's flu season. And so you'd have a lot of people coming in with the flu and... If COVID-19 was still around, you'd have COVID-19 in the mix as well, which makes things more difficult. Well, the Washington Post uh, guy who did the interview uh, heard him say that, and his narrative was more people are going to die this fall and maybe more than happened in the springtime. Well, that's not what the guy from the CDC said. He said it's just going to be tougher. 
Yeah, you know? he, he was just on clarifying. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just within the last 10 minutes. It's amazing. It's am- This is the problem. The press has, you know, boy, I got to try to think of how to say this because the way I, I say it in to some people when I'm not on the radio is not the way I can say it when I'm on the radio. The bottom line, the press is, uh, hates this president, and they have a narrative that they want to make and you listen to the questions they ask, and we talked about this in the first hour. It's as this it's as if they think that the doctors have Stockholm syndrome or something, that that yeah. they've been they've been prisoners of the president, and now they're not saying what they really want to say. They're only saying what the president wants them to say. It's insane right now. Right, right, and you know I commented on this before. Uh, I heard some of these experts uh, that were praising the president, overly pra- pra- uh, praising the president. And, you know, I, I kind of, well, it kind of disgusts me that these people are supposed to be reporting what is happening, not opinions. And uh, I, it bothers me a lot. So I actually had to uh, turn off the news. Uh, <laughs> I do that a lot anymore. Well, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be that way. You know that. and Sure. You know, you're pretty well informed. I mean, you're very well informed. I don't know where you get all your information, but you're very well informed. And I don't think you come across with uh, any, uh, like, like you said, startling discoveries that uh, aren't at least being formulated. Yeah, well, it is. You, you state that. So, well, you know, here's the, here's the other here's the story that I think is the important story right now. And I don't believe it's being reported enough right now. If you get over the equator, uh, they're coming out of summer and going into fall. We're coming yeah. out of spring and going into summer, basically. And what was the coronavirus like in Australia, for instance, and the answer is not even close to the way it was here in the United States. And uh, there's been a lot of people who have formulated an opinion that this virus will be a lot like the flu virus, another coronavirus, and the common code, another corona kind of a situation, and that when it gets hot and it gets humid, it, uh, it, has, it has problems surviving and that we should see the number of cases uh, drop uh, a lot. And what, what's happened in Australia is a perfect example of that happening, and nobody's talking about it. You just mentioned it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm talking. I'm, not, I'm a somebody. I'm a somebody, doggone it. I'm talking about it. But it, this is a story that really needs to be talked about. And, you know, I'm all about right now trying to give people some hope because I'll be honest, the news media have been awful dark and without a lot of hope. They've been as nihilistic as they possibly can. And I'm just trying to tell people there are better things coming. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, It may be a little a little while, for example, here in Arkansas. Well, let me backtrack a little. Remember back when this first was coming up, breaking, 
and we talked about it on your show, uh, we, we were saying, you know, these numbers are crazy. And they're still crazy. Yeah. We were getting numbers from China, and now we know they're wrong. And that those were really being publicized and talking gloom about those numbers. We find out that people that are running these models have been using numbers that are either outdated or just completely wrong. I read the guy had to retract what he said in his editorial the other day because he got the numbers upside down. He had the numerator where where the denominator should have been. It, you know, that's that's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. And uh, but but I did hear some good what sounded like good news uh, analysis of some of the the death numbers and uh, looking at some of the deaths uh, that uh, better than ninety percent had risk factors. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know that's. Way, way less than what uh, what people are predict are have said in other models, you know. So I'm still not cons- uh, believing all the numbers that I'm reading. Well, that uh, one guy people. over that one guy over in England had us having, you know, 2.2 million people dying from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we heard about that. We talked about that a little bit on the show well, uh, last week or the week before. Yeah, uh, the week the before, I believe. Were, yeah, the numbers are just out of whack. Uh, so, like right now, the numbers are what le- leveling off in Arkansas. It's, it's what the paper said recently. Well, don't don't count that. We are going to see a bump in our our numbers. Uh, we're doing much more testing. Uh, so as we do more testing, we're going to see more numbers. That, but they'll be the percentages will be smaller because we're going to be testing more people that are negative or normal. So, but by testing more people, we'll also see more positives. So uh, you know, we're the numbers are still going to be uh, rising to some degree. Uh, I, I saw that they're adding now going to add the number of uh, persons affected down in uh, Cummings, and they're going to add them to the state numbers, which they had before. So that's going to put a bump in our, our numbers as well. We have a board meeting at the health department later today on the phone. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, after this, after you and I could have this conversation. So we'll, we'll hear some more numbers. Yeah, it's, but you know, numbers don't lie, but the people who well, figure them can. Yeah, but it depends on how you use them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. You know, num- number, how do I, what's the old saying? Numbers don't lie, but but liars, uh, you know, figures don't lie, but but liars figure. You know, I mean, I'm just saying that uh, you got to take into consideration how they're viewing those numbers and, and things. And, and you're exactly right. The more people that get tested, the more people that will find out uh, have already been exposed. Uh, the number of people who have died, the percentage goes down. And that's people right. got to understand right. that. Right. Well, you know, I remember taking statistics in medical school. And, uh, you know, uh, the statistician 
made the statements that you can say anything you want with statistics. You can yeah, go from positive right. to negative very easily. And how you uh, how you use the numbers determines what the statistics are going to come out. So, so I've always remembered that statement that uh, as we always think that, that statistics tell the story. Well, sure, they tell the story, but what story are they telling? Yeah, what's the, interpre- <laughs> what's the interpretation of the story? That's the question. That's right. So uh, as we said way, way back when this started, you know, uh, I wasn't really hot on the numbers. I didn't, uh, as we later found out, China was sending us bad numbers. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were using, uh, perhaps using tests that were wrong, not correct. And uh, we were getting results from other places that were using different tests. And so, you know, that, all that to me it still muddies the picture. And uh, right now you're, we're hearing about, you know, testing these people with uh, plasma sir, for antibodies in plasma. Uh-huh. What does that mean? Does that mean that that plasma can help us in other stu- in other diseases? It might, but does this does this mean that those people that have antibodies will never get this disease again? Yeah. You know? Well, we're going to talk about that kind of stuff as we uh, move along. But right now, we got to get a break in. Twenty minutes after eight, first break. Doctor Terry Yamauchi is here. It already. I mean, you can tell that it's going to be a great hour because. Uh, the first, uh, you know, 17 minutes have gone really quick. Unbelievable. We'll be back to talk more with Terry here in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, 25 minutes after 8, Dr. Terry Yamauchi is my guest. He'll be with us for the rest of this hour. If you have a question, 823-0965, he'll, uh, he'll listen to what you what you uh, have in mind, and uh, he'll he'll give you a straight answer with the information that he has. The, I think our greatest problem right now is fear, and uh, fear as an emotion freezes you from doing a lot of things. It it keeps you from thinking straight and clearly. And uh, if if you're worried about something, you call up and ask the doc and let him talk to you on the air. And uh, you don't have to give your real name if you don't want to. And uh, I think that he can help you out, that you don't have to be, you know, walking through your day wondering if tomorrow you're going to be Vincent Price as the last man on earth. Uh, 828-823-0965 is the number here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad to have you along with me today. It's been a good show today. I hope you've been with us at 6 o'clock. If not, you miss some, you can go back and listen on the on our podcast uh, that we that we do at uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Uh, t- Terry, th- this thing that happened with uh, the, the director of the CDC, who, who made a statement that, you know, in the fall we could, we might see COVID-19 still back, but we're going to see the flu. We know we're going to see the flu. And what he was trying to do was impress upon the Washington Post reporter that people need to get their flu shots. Do you think that, that perhaps this is the final uh, you know, 
straw that breaks the camel's uh, back with people about getting a flu shot instead of, you know, you know, boasting to their friends, well, I don't get a flu shot. I, I no, Last time I got a flu shot, I had the flu so yeah. terrible, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, and again, we've talked about this before, about the flu, and that uh, if uh, the shot you get is, you know, the one that was made for the virus that was prevalent the previous year, it may not work. And we we read that the coronavirus, I don't know if you saw the article, that there doesn't look like there's much uh, mutation in it, that it doesn't look like. But again, we don't know enough about this virus to make that as a flat statement, that it looks like there may be just two types of coronavirus, uh, an S and an L, I think. Uh, and so that people are predicting, the vaccine people are predicting that uh, there won't be much change. So if you develop a vaccine for it, that it may not be one that has to be repeated frequently. We don't know that for sure, but that's one of the theories that's out there. Yeah, well, and, there's a lot, lot of theories, but you got to be able to, to uh, you know, practice something in its, before it becomes fact and not a theory. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. saying that, you know, we need to have this back. And by the way, you know, the vaccine is apparently coming along much quicker because of technology that was developed previously for Ebola and, and SARS. And some of that technology is being utilized now in developing this newer, newer vaccine. Yeah, so I that's saw it. why that. So and we're al- we're almost up to Sean Hannity. I saw a story yesterday that said Johnson and Johnson was beginning uh, human testing tomorrow. That's amazing. Yeah. How how fast yeah. they've done that. I mean, right. they don't they don't put stuff in people's bodies uh without having a pretty good idea of what's going to happen when they do it. And they're, they're not asking people to be uh, guinea pigs knowing that death is 98% possible. All right, let's take a break. Dr. Terry Yamauchi will be back with us in the next half hour. And I want to talk to him about therapeutics and vaccines when we continue. All right, we've got 24 minutes left uh, with Dr. Yamauchi, and it's good to have him with us. Uh, I, I trust what the man tells me uh, because he's really conservative and in, in his views, and that's good. And uh, he doesn't buy into a bunch of the BS that's out there. People have to understand that doctors have careers just like everybody else do, uh, Dr. Yamauchi. And a lot of the people who make these huge overstatements are looking to, to get uh, press for themselves. Agreed? Exactly. Yes, sir. Exactly. Yeah, because they, they got so to get they got to stay employed too. You know what I'm saying? They're going to try to pick the points that are going to uh, spark interest or raise, as you said, fear, uh, and uh, that's why they get on the news. Uh, if they just give the facts as they are, I, I think Fauci has done a good job of giving the facts, and you can tell he's a scientist, although he's taken a lot of heat because he's trying to. Uh, you know, uh, make it sound like what Trump wants him to say. And uh-huh. he doesn't quite say the same thing that, that uh, the president says. So, uh, you know, I'm 
I worry a little bit about that because I think he's got good advisors uh, and he's very careful. He doesn't make any real strong outlandish product, uh, projections or pro, pro, uh Predict, yep. Predictions, yeah, predictions. yeah. Yeah, the key about Fauci is he's been around for a long time, man. He's been under six different presidents, you know. So uh, yeah. he knows he knows he knows how to play this game somewhat, and it's a game. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, you hate to hear it that way, but it's a game. The press it has is. a narrative they want to press because it, uh, exactly, it, exactly. <laughs> well. What else are we going to talk about here? Okay, well, yeah, let's talk about something uh, positive, and and that is, and and what I've been saying, because Linda heard uh, this story about, you know, the the guy from the the CDC had said things are going to be tougher come fall. Uh, He was only saying in relative to having the flu and COVID-19 together, uh, at one time, I mean, COVID nineteen kind of came up on the inside, uh, the the bottom, the bottom part of the the bell curve, so to speak, for a flu season. Next year, flu season is going to be ramping up, and maybe COVID nineteen is there. The big difference between when we take on COVID, if it does reappear like it has now, uh, in the fall have all types of different ways to deal with it that we didn't have when it first came upon us in this year. I mean, uh, let's well, just talk about the antivirals that they have now. They're, they're taking people's well, be, be, uh, plasma and stuff. Be, before we go to that, Dave, yeah. just think about what we've, what we've learned so far in that there's been so many people that have... Uh, undiagnosed COVID infection, right? Yes. Had all, and they never developed anything else. So that means they uh, have antibodies in their body. Will that protect them from COVID next year? Science says that. it probably will. Yeah. So would we see even more cases or would we see less cases or would we see less severe cases? See, those are questions that we don't know. How long will that antibody be there? You know, a lot of those people perhaps won't need a vaccine. See, so there are still those questions that are unanswered. But if you think about what's going on now, is there some protection that we're seeing in so many of these people that we're we're, are testing positive like right now with those symptoms? Yeah, I. I, I, that's the idea of people being treated with plasma from people that have had the, the disease. I just go back and, and touch base. I mean, they're talking about uh, people who are elderly, who have uh, underlying health conditions. Right. And, and I think that uh, also one of the big things that has come out is that people who are obese are having more problems fighting this virus off when they get it than people who are not. And because of that, uh, you you got to kind of protect yourself. Well, let, let me be honest for a moment. Uh, when the flu season is peaking and more and more people are getting the flu and schools are shutting down uh, because they're trying to break or flatten the curve, so to speak, at a school, uh, 
I don't go out as much then. I, I may go out to the movies once a week to go see a movie or whatever. But I don't go out and put myself into the general populace looking to run into somebody who has a bad case of the flu and can pass it to me. Okay. So that's no different than COVID-19. That's I mean, correct. I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still be Mr. Conservative when it comes out to me uh, presenting myself to get the flu, not only because I'm older now, but I don't want to be sick. I don't like throwing up and stuff. I, it's not something that I, that I live for. And uh, well, I was, You're so different. Yeah, I'm watch. I was watching uh, uh, the thing about the guys that are fishing and stuff, you know, and it showed a guy rinsing out of his teeth out with salt water, and he says, "Yeah, it kills the taste of puke." And I, <laughs> I just started laughing, you know. It's just this is the key. None of us like to be sick, so it makes sense that you distance yourself during heights of, uh, you know, the flu and colds and stuff. Well, the same thing I've been saying for my whole career. You know, you don't want to get a disease, stay away from it. Yeah. Real simple uh, solution. But the trouble is you can't do that. I mean, now we're learning that, you know, perhaps it, somebody coughs on the on the countertop, you know, and you put your hand on it and then scratch your nose or suck your thumb or something. Uh, you could possibly get the disease. So... You know, there's still those unknown factors, uh, how long it stays there, where it is, all those things. So, you know, I, I can come up with scenarios so you get disease uh, any number of ways. You know, so so. Let, let, let's talk about the antivirals that they got. They're not a uh, something that keeps you from getting uh, the disease, perhaps. But if you get it, it will help you combat the disease in your body. Uh, you were talking about people having, uh, you know, antibodies in their blood. And uh, people are being asked to give blood now, uh, or uh, I guess it's plasma, so they can use that plasma to infuse it into people who have this bug. And, maybe, and suddenly they got antibodies that to get, be yeah. able to fight it off. Uh, yeah. th- that That's a big new fee- field that we didn't have just five years ago. Oh, yeah, we had that for a long time. Oh, we yeah. have, okay. Oh, yeah, we use that uh, for treating tetanus, rabies, uh, used it for uh, measles. Um, so there are a number of diseases that we've used that type of therapy. Uh, for so it is proven to have some efficacy. Now, is it? Can you use it kind of prophylactically? Well, uh, yeah, that's they use that again prophylactically for trading people who have bitten by a rabid animal or an uh-huh. animal with potential rabies. So they give them antiserum with antibodies to rabies in it. Or we know that uh, um, there's. Uh, it's called hypertet, uh, plasma or uh, material serum that's rich in antibodies that they've uh, taken from, like, uh, horses that have been immunized with rabies vaccine and produce antibody against it, and they can take the serum from that. Uh, and uh, so that theory is correct in, 
in some ways, but we don't know that with coronavirus. We don't have that. uh, uh, We haven't tested that yet. And how long and how long you have to give it, how much dosage, et cetera. I mean, we've got theories on that, how much we think we need and how long do you have to give it to them, how much before you're exposed, uh, how much symptoms will for, uh, how much they will lessen symptoms, etc. So, it, it's in theory, yes, it's been used to, for disease treatment, but we don't know that for for this particular disease yet. Okay, so uh, you, you feel that antivirals then have a legitimate place uh, in uh, treatment? You, we're now, just not sure exact. Are actually drugs that may. Uh, kill or modify or uh, rally other other um, uh, defenses in your body to prevent or, or treat a disease. Let me point out, Dave, something we mentioned a little last week or the week before that I think is really important and is probably being done. We talked, this is about uh, drugs for treatment. Uh, we hear about treating this drug that's being used to treat uh, malaria, both prophylactically and actually treat. That's uh, hydroxyquinolone. Right. Uh, and and uh, they're talking about oh, we got 200 million doses of this, and that's ought to be you know really a good supply and make people happy. And I said, well. How much of it do you use? How much do you give? How often do you give it? How long do you have to give it? You might, two million doses might be only, I mean, 20, 200 million doses might not be enough to treat uh, really a lot of people. Right. And, and I said, you know, an easy study to do would be to look at the people that are already being treated prophylactically for malaria or people that are being treated with this drug for uh, rheumatoid arthritis or some of these other places where it's being used and see how many of those people have come down with with, um, coronavirus. That would seem like be kind of an easy study to do. If yes. it, if it's effective, there should be a much lower percentage of positive uh, people uh, disease coronavirus yeah, it, disease. Yeah, it's it's a, there is a matter of time that has to take place to get this information. Uh, that's something that people have to understand. Things can't right. happen. Things can't just happen overnight. i got to get a break in. When I come back, I want to talk to you about the vaccine and how quickly they're moving along. And if you yeah. have any kind of educated guess about what we're looking at is when it would be uh, be ready. I'm hearing yep. uh, maybe as late as the end of this year and or beginning of next year. We'll talk more with Dr. Terry Yamauchi here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hang on. we got more coming your way. All right, back to finish up our uh, conversation today. We've got eight minutes left with uh, wow. Dr. Yamauchi. It's gone fast. 
Terry. You have really brought us some good stuff today, and uh, that's when you know it's good is when it just seems like you just started, and I'm telling you we're getting ready to end. Let's talk about the vaccine because I think once we get the vaccine, there's going to be a huge collective sigh uh, in America. Of course, that we've had a, 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 a vaccine for the flu for yo how many years and still there's people who don't take it so there'll be people who won't take the covid-19 vaccine they're oh, dumb absolutely you know, absolutely you, you can't fix stupid it's just the way it is and uh, so if if they get the vaccine folks and you don't take it it's on you okay i'm just letting you it's on you problem is you'll be able, if you get infected you'll be passing it on to other people uh, right let me let me just jump in say they're saying end of this year, beginning of next year. Uh, what's your educated guess on this? I, I know you don't like to do this, but do you think that they'll make it by the end of this year? You think by the time COVID-19 would be raising its ugly head again, perhaps we'll have a shot to, that will uh, uh, slow it down and flatten the curve immediately? Well, I I don't like to make that kind of prediction, but... Um, you know, it depends on um, how effective the, the vaccine they make. You know, they're testing it now, a few tests going on right now. Now, uh, granted, they could make a vaccine or a medication that will uh, make you develop antibodies. But are the right ones? Are they the antibodies you want? How mm-hmm. long will they last? Are there side effects from it? Uh, so, I mean, if they develop one by the end of the year, let's say, is that in time to help with what's going on right now? Probably not. But yeah, because you got to. People got to understand. You got to. When you get your flu shot, it takes a few weeks for your body yeah. to to get enough antibody uh, antibodies to protect you. Yeah. Well, the flu shot, flu influenza vaccine usually takes 10 to 14 days before you start getting good protective levels it doesn't stop doesn't start immediate you don't get protection immediately i mean you can't right. walk out and say well i can't get the flu tomorrow you know uh, so it will take some time now whether they can get it developed by the end of the year i'm i'm afraid i'm not uh aware of the the technology that they're using right now. They're using something much different than, you know, I worked at the CDC. I was teaching at the CDC, well, now close to 15 or 20 years ago. Wow. Working on the, in, working on the influenza virus. And uh, one of the things that I saw, one of my experiments was uh, – trying to give a live vaccine, influenza vaccine, uh, to these uh, animals. Actually, I was using rats. And uh, an important thing that I found was that within 24 hours, the virus mutated. And we, we don't know if that will happen with uh, the vaccine strain that they use was uh, COVID-19. Uh-huh. And within... <laughs> My first report to the research group there was, uh, and on the first day, the rats all died. I had, <laughs> that's I had not good, me, doctor. <laughs> that's, that's right. 
<laughs> but that was a very important thing I, I learned. And again, this is very old stuff now, but, but the test for that now, but, uh, you know, the, the influenza vaccine, the virus uh, mutated, changed, as we see now going on over several generations. But in that, at that time, it changed very quickly. And within 24 hours, I had rats dying. Right. uh, So really, when you're you're developing a vaccine, you're kind of playing whack-a-mole in a kind of situation. Yeah, I wouldn't be quite that blunt, but now, (laughs) like I I say, you know, they're they're looking at the virus uh, very closely. And they're checking the genetics of that virus, and they're uh, also looking at when's the be- what's the dosage, how many units do you have to give? Some vaccines you have to give more of the infectious material. You got to make sure it's infectious instead, and uh, you got to know wh- how to give it. Should you give it in a muscle, or should you give it just under the skin? Uh, which ones do you develop the most antibody and which ones uh, do you have the most reaction to, systemic reactions? You know, how sick does the subject get? Uh, again, all that is uh, dependent on how how you develop that vaccine. So, you know, I, you know, I think it's you don't want to give something that's going to obviously hurt them or do something right. bad. And so that's why you have to have these these uh, t- tests and put them through trials, test trials. Gotcha. Is it better to give it to give it to young people, old people? Uh, probably for the first would be given to high risk people. We had now have flu vaccine. You know that should be given to the high older people uh, because it develops better ant- antibody with them. So, right. you know, those are the factors that go into it. So if we do get a vaccine that's safe and effective by the end of the year, I, I'd be really surprised. I, we may see some, uh, it, I won't say experimental use, but compassionate use, where we see that there are high-risk individuals, those over 60 or 65, those that have high blood pressure Perhaps those that are obese. Now, obese people don't uh, don't seem to respond as well to certain types of vaccine given intermuscularly, or they give it get it better through uh, just under the skin subcutaneously. So those are all factors that have to be tested. All right, and doctor. So that takes time. Have to jump in. We're out of time. We'll have you back on next week. We'll set up the day uh, okay. here in a few minutes. I'll talk to you later. It's Dave Ellswick Show, done for a Thursday, Friday edition. Stay around. We'll start at 6 a.m.